On this episode, we discuss showing Star Wars to our kids, plus, were the Rebels terrorists? You must unlearn what you have learned. Remember, a Jedi can feel the Force flowing through him. In between it all. Balance. Welcome to Voice of the Wills. This is where the fun begins. You are right back in the mess. Keep your concentration here and now where it belongs. All this as the Force wills it. Just when you think you understand the Force, you find out how little you actually know. I may fail, you may fail, but there is no try. We would be honored if you would join us. All right, well, welcome once again to Voice of the Wills. Um, if you're listening to us in our first week uh, uh, since releasing the podcast, um, this would be um, is going to be coming out on Force Friday. We're a couple weeks out from that, so we can't talk about anything related to that, but we have some really good topics. And uh, here with myself, Matt Almuccio, is Elena Source. Elena, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing awesome. Excited no. to be here. Nice. Did you troop today? I did. Nice. How was that? It was awesome. It was a troop for the Make-A-Wish Foundation in Liberty State Park, which is in Jersey City, right across the Hudson from lovely New York City. Um, It was a Walk for Wishes uh, fundraiser um, because to grant wishes, uh, the foundation needs money, so they raise it through different activities such as this one. We had a really awesome turnout. Um, it was a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah, that, I saw that one on, on our list, and I I was hoping maybe I could make it work out, but it just didn't work out. But uh... It was a bit of a tough troop because it you would have had to get up at, like, 6 a.m. on a Sunday morning. That, I, yeah, that's what, I think that's what stopped me. I saw that it was 7.30, I think. Uh, it was 7.30 a.m. call time, yep. Yeah, and I was like, hmm, I'm going to need to wake up about five which yeah. i can it's, do during the week but not all rough. the weekend it's rough <laughs> well nice and we're also here with rodney clark how you doing rodney i'm doing good guys good to uh have everybody together as always good did you did you troop today sadly no i uh took care of my yard today front and back out oh, yard work yeah Yum. <laughs> Stuff. Well, probably just as much fun, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it didn't raise any money, but, you know, I did my part. <laughs> nice. Uh, unfortunately, tonight um, we're without Albert. Um, Albert fell slightly ill um, this just evening. slightly. And, yeah, and so we're hoping that he's fine, <laughs> but, he, uh, but he couldn't join us tonight. However, we do have a special guest who I will intru- introduce later um, as we uh, start our conversation. Um, and so let's get started with our fandom topic. So our fandom topic for tonight um, is um, one that I think a lot of Star Wars people think about, which is, um, particularly as you get older and you start to have children, is when am I going to show my kids Star Wars? I love it so much. I want them to love it. And um, so, you know, how old do they need to be? What are the circumstances? What are the What is the order um, all these things come uh, into play, and um, and I, ha- I have my own feelings on it, but um, I, I'm going to start in a second with Elena, and the reason why I'm going to start with Elena is 
Um, Rodney and I have kids, so we've been through the experience of uh, kind of figuring out how to do this. And um, kind of wanted to hear from Elena what your thoughts are. Um, and before you kind of hear our experiences, which, um, you know, well, I'll explain that when I talk about it. But, um, you know, what do you th what would you think? It, you know, how would you show them? Um, so we're, we're really just focusing on the order of the movies, correct? Not, or what? So oh, no, well, maybe how old you think they need to be or whatever, something like that. So that I might I might not have really good input on just because I'm relatively young. And I, again, I don't <laughs> right, have kids, right. You saw them so... last year, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it was very recent for me relatively compared to most uh, super fans in our circle of people. Um, I, I And I say that like I'm not the best judge for age just because I literally don't even know when kids start talking or walking, let alone <laughs> when should you show them a sci-fi movie. Um, <laughs> so um, age, I mean, I think whatever the youngest you can, you can show it to them where they would comprehend the movies. I think that's like the best um so spoiler alert we all know we know at least uh darth vader is luke's father it's like the most famous uh quote scene whatever you want to call it in star wars um but there's a lot of kids who aren't up to date on pop culture and they don't know this major plot twist so that's where i guess the question comes in do you want to show your kids the original trilogy first or do you want to show them uh show the movies in episodical order um my personal take on that is if they don't know show them the ot first let okay. them be surprised by this major plot twist that shocked people back in uh when did the movie come out 80 uh whatever back in the 80s when the <laughs> empire came 80. out oh it was 80 okay yeah. close um just let them have that, you know, have that shocking experience. Like, oh, my God, like this evil dude that Luke has been fighting is actually his father. Like, what the heck is that? Um, but if you're like me, where I already knew this major plot twist before um, I ever saw the movies, I would say go episodical order just because the prequels can be tough to watch for some people. <laughs> um, and this way you get a little backstory um, on the Darth Vader, this character that you know is Luke's father. Um, and you might as well, if you know that, you might as well get his backstory and kind of see what led him to the dark side and why he is the way he is in the original trilogy. And then um, it ends on a really high note that way because if you guys remember watching Revenge of the Sith the last time, it doesn't end very well. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a little depressing. Um, I do have to say, though, with the um, the new standalone movies in the mix, it might be a little bit tougher now to come up with um, an order to watch them in. So that I don't have input on. So I want to hear what you guys think. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so why don't you tell your experiences, Rodney? Well, <clears throat> the first Star Wars movie my children saw was The Force Awakens and they fell asleep 
<laughs> See, I, I, I didn't even like I, I the the Force Awakens came out what like four or five years ago now, and I still like forget the sequels are a thing. <laughs> like I'm yeah. so used to this debate being about like prequels or OT first, and that like now there's just so much more content to think about too. Yeah, there's there's a lot, and the second Star Wars movie my kids saw was Rogue One, and they fell asleep. <laughs> No! <laughs> oh my god, they are not your children. Uh, Get uh, new ones. Uh, yo, when, when we got to the end scene where Vader starts doing his thing, and I turn around and I see my two children and my wife just knocked out, my mouth oh, wide open. Heartbreak. And I was just like, all right, well, this is for me. So, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> Start um, crying and shaking. It's it's something that, like, I don't... F- I don't want to say I force my kids. I don't force my kids to watch it. I don't think that they kind of caught the bug. Um, I think it's going to be something for them that, well, my dad was into it. See if there's a return policy, you know, 30 days maybe. You know, you have the receipt. Get some new kids because. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, there's still hope. You know, there's still hope. My Valiant's uh, are built on hope. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I didn't want to force it on them because, in my opinion, that would just generate an automatic rejection of everything. Like so, a resentment. They're like, yeah, ah, like, oh, what dad, with the lightsaber thing. Like, come thing. on. And then they, they see me trooping. And I think for them, it's more just like a something my dad does. He's into this thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think they realize the social impact of star wars and how it is and has been everywhere it's just like this is something my dad was into and you know i don't even i think they may know certain plot lines or certain story beats with the skywalkers and this guy becomes that and this happens there but i'm hoping that as they get older maybe one of their friends will be like hey did you know about star wars and they sit down and they watch it and then they call me and say yo dad i I totally get why you did this or why you were so into it because it's great you, you want him you want him to think that it was their idea that they got into it not yeah. because i don't want to force feed them. got them into them mm-hmm. yeah i don't want to force feed them that's actually you know what that now that i think about it um i didn't grow up watching star wars but i did grow up watching lord of the rings and when my mom always tried to show it to me i always got freaked out by smeagol and i was like ugh, this is so lame and then i um, rediscovered the movies like years later I think it was when I just got into high school and I rewatched them over someone else's house and I was like these movies are actually really good I don't understand why I never liked them and then from there I became super obsessed with Lord of the Rings on top of Star Wars <laughs> my younger daughter actually will sit and watch well we used to watch Rebels together um, and I think it was another one of those with my dad's into this so let me sit and hang out with dad while we watch this cartoon <laughs> you know, because I made it a big deal. Like, okay, guys, Rebels coming on. Everybody be quiet. Don't come in the kitchen. I'm watching it on the TV. Just, just leave Daddy alone for this 30 to 45 minutes. And then my Dad, little one. Dad, what's happening? <laughs> Daddy's watching. <laughs> you know, Daddy, my leg's broken. All right, it'll heal. Quiet, we're on commercial. Um, <laughs> it'll heal. My heart after season four, episode whatever, won't. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I didn't want to force it on them. Uh, I think it's just something in the background of their of their 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 experience growing up, and maybe they'll get into it. Maybe they won't. Um, my older daughter is 
she got exposed to Harry Potter through one of her friends, and I'm like, oh, well, we could sit down and watch all 30 of these movies or whatever, or I could buy you the books. <laughs> and it's like, nah, I'm, I'm all right. I, no, I think, Dad, I think, please stop, please, please. Oh yeah. God, so late. And I think that there's a there's a difference in mentality. Like my my kids don't. How have how the, old is your uh, um one is daughter, uh, twelve, one. the older one is twelve, and the younger one is nine. So they they're not. So she's kind of like getting into that, you know. She's just on the cusp of the rebellious teen. Like, oh, I want to go my own path. So I think that yeah. that. Uh, you know, like maybe even if she gets to like what I, the age that I watched, I think I watched Star Wars when I was 16, 17, and I was kind of like rediscovering all these like things that I missed as a child. I mean, I was busy listening to emo music, and then I was like, you know what? I need something else, and that's how I discovered Star Wars, I think. For you, was it so, something like a friend of yours was like, hey, let's watch this, or? Cause... No, it, it was just, I remember thinking like there's so many people who talk about it and mm. i just never have seen these movies i want to understand you know the references and what the heck people are talking about what's the big deal so mm. i just sat down i remember it was like labor day weekend or something and i or no it was like memorial day some weekend i think it was in the spring and i just remember i spent the entire weekend watching the movies and i was like how have i never watched these movies they're amazing <laughs> Yeah, so that's... It was actually, it was. I remember because there was hype again for Force Awakens. And wow. I was like, what's with all this hype? Let me, you know, let me watch these movies. And I was like, I understand the hype. Now I get it. <laughs> I get it now. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's I don't know. I, I don't want to force it on them. Uh, I don't think that they're picking it up as heavily as you would think as the child of a you know, uh, of a, I think that well, from what I've cosplayer kind of thing witnessed with like kids, like like people in the Legion, like their kids, they're either super into it too, or they're like, oh my god, this is freaking lame. Oh my god, I can't. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, so either or. So I've been I've been actually purposely quiet while you guys had this discussion because I'm going to explain to you my experiences with my uh, nine year old. Do my nine-year-old daughter and show you how I screwed everything up and uh <laughs> and and then well let me so so uh, my name is Matt and here's my, the story of how I messed up I'm I, uh, you're, you can already hear the special guest who I'll introduce in a minute <laughs> Sweet baby angel. <laughs> we love her voice yeah but um but let me let me tell some stuff and then I'll bring her in um so my nine-year-old um well, when she was, I don't know. Six. No, no, we're not talking about that yet. Would you let me tell the story? <laughs> let her blossom. Um, so we, we didn't uh, do TV with her until she was about three, but I was way too excited to have a child to be able to share Star Wars with. Um, and so we, we uh, were sitting down um, playing Duplos one time, and I found the uh, the radio plays that they have for Star Wars that they did in the the 70s and 80s, um, which are like six hour what I forget how long they're but like six hour radio play versions of them with even some extra scenes and some stuff. What is this? How have I never heard of it? Have you not heard of it? No, it's, they're pretty it, cool. They're, like and Mark Hamill's an in audiobook uh, thing. Like I think you could get it on Audible, uh, but I I don't remember where I found it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you can, you know, it's, uh, it's got some of the original characters in it. Not all of them, but Mark Hamill is in it. I think Anthony Daniels is in it. Um, so it's essentially like, uh, like a read through. 
Yeah. No, it's it's got extra stuff. It's all it's 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 a, as if it was a radio play instead of. A movie. You have to understand how old I am. I don't. I don't okay. even know what a so, radio is. So, let's get a little go, context. Go, Ronnie, I need to laugh. <laughs> Back in our days, before there was a TV, <laughs> what we used wait, to do wait. was gather around the radio and people would talk, and we no, would but, listen. But this is before our moment. time. Right? <laughs> what Rome? Okay, relax. So essentially. Uh, Literally, back before there was television, there was radio, and everything was done live. You had your cast gather around different microphones with the scripts, and like you said, it was a read-through, and there would be a guy doing Foley, which is like the sound effects, you know, wiggling the, 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 the metal board for thunder and lightning, and oh my God, playing with the... Yeah. So, uh, from what Matt's telling you, it's basically the movies done in that fashion. Yeah, I think it's a little bit more high tech than like that's like going back to like the '40s or something. But <laughs> radio plays were really before our time, even Rodney in our time. Speak but for but yourself, Sonny. <laughs> amazing. I think you only got a year on me, man. Um, <laughs> but uh, but anyways, it's it's it, it's it's kind of like if it was an audio book, but actually not even because it's got so much extra stuff and there's no narration really. It's worth a listen. It's, there's some cool stuff. There's some extra scenes. I think the 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 uh, some of the deleted scenes that we've talked about um, are there, um, so uh, okay. it's definitely worth a listen. And like I said, there's some original cast members, and I you know um, so it, it's it's worth a listen, um, and it has its place in the history of Star Wars. Um, but anyways, back to the story. Um, in in A New Hope, which is what we were listening to, there's a scene. We all know the scene where Leia gets interrogated and the droid comes in with a needle and it lasts two seconds and then it's over. Mm-hmm. The radio play needs to portray that and the way that they do that is through several minutes of Princess Leia screaming in agony and pain. Several and le- minutes? Oh, oh, oh my God. And I'm letting my two-year-old daughter listen to this and I look yes, over we're playing with Dupo's. torture. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're playing with Dupo's. I look over and there's a tear rolling down my daughter's face. <laughs> She's laughing now, but she's she is laughing now. But it was I was like, and she was like, oh, and she didn't want nothing to do with it, and uh, oh, and was no. was then terrified of anything Star Wars for the foreseeable future. You traumatized this poor I, baby. I did traumatize <laughs> my daughter. Oh my god. Yeah, um, and we'll talk directly to her in a second. Um, but anyways, after after that, you know, um, I, I kind of realized that I needed to back down and just let her kind of come to it on her own, um, at least a little bit. And uh, and so I think the next, well, she had exposure with me, but the next time we sort of had like significant exposure was actually, I believe, the first time I met the 501st, we were at a zoo. Um, and, uh, the, you know, we were hanging out, um, checking it, you know, seeing it and we knew it was a Star Wars day. Didn't really know what the 501st was. And, uh, Darth Vader was there and she wanted nothing to do with Darth Vader. She was scared to death. We couldn't get her to take a picture. I actually, I do think I have a picture of me holding her with her holding on to me, like, just like in the death grip. Um, yeah. And then... Um, stupidly, I still didn't, I still hadn't screwed up enough. Um, I decided that Mm -hmm. I, when she was, you know, maybe four, that I would try to show her a new hope. I'm like, she's a little older, she'll be fine. Um, and, uh, that didn't go that well either. She did not like like one heartbreak after another. Yeah. And I'm just, and, and I was, and I kept being like, oh, thinking she was ready. 
uh, and she wasn't. And so at that point, I'm like, you know what? Maybe she just won't like it. Maybe it's just a thing. Um, and there's a there were a couple of things that turned that around. Um, and one of those things was actually the 501st. We were at another troop a couple years later, and uh, there was somebody there who is a biker scout who was now, just awesome with her. Were you awesome in, in the in the 501st at this I point? Am, this is this is this might have been part of the reason why I decided to join because this person was so awesome with my daughter. Okay. Um, that I, uh, you know, that I I I just realized what they were really about, um, and uh, the person you know went gently up to my daughter she finally and we've all experienced this as troopers kids come up to you and they're scared to death of you all the time so it's not a new new and you try to make them comfortable and you ease into them and and if they're not comfortable then you back off um and this person was kind of like that but roma kind of warmed up mainly because they had an ewok and that helped out <laughs> wait what you don't remember this <laughs> I only remember what there was an ewok they had an ewok with them what well, <laughs> And then, well, okay, so this is my daughter. She, she's been here the whole time. So wait, you can tell this part of the story. What did you ask the biker scout to do with you? I forget. You forget? You oh, asked the biker no. scout to come play mini golf with you. Oh, oh yeah, I remember that. At breakfast. So it was at breakfast. She asked the biker scout. And, of course, he said his boss wouldn't let him, obviously. Um, but that was that was her first kind of, like, softening That's to so it. So cute. Um, and then the Force Awakens came. Yeah, the the Force Awakens came out, and she did not want to see it, but then she was totally interested in the story, and so at bedtime she would ask me to tell her parts of the story, right? What? And I would tell her the story, and then eventually she said, "I want to see the movie," and so that was the first one she saw in the theaters, right? No, it wasn't in the theaters. Oh, that's right. It was we had to wait till. Rogue One was the first one in the theaters, Daddy. Okay. Get your thing right. Get it right, man. Get your back straight. Yeah, and that's right. We didn't watch The Force Awakens in the theater, but that was the first one. Um, and uh, for me, that she that she attached that she kind of started to attach herself to. Um, so, Roma, can I ask you a few questions? Sure. Um, so, first is why did you decide that you liked The Force Awakens? Do you remember? Um. Actually, not really. Like, I remember, like, every day, like, some days and, like, some nights, like, I would sneak into your room. Like, one of the days, I snuck into your room and I was like, tell me the story of Force Awakens. Tell me it. Tell me it. Tell me it. And you were like, sure. And eventually we got to the very sad part and I was like, I warned you about the sad part. I did warn you about the sad part. So I, I was saw like that, that too. coming. Okay. So like that wasn't. I was just crying and sobbing. No, you weren't. In my bed, I was like oh, okay. that, that night. She, I was she just hid her sobbing emotions. into my pillow. Like, why did he have to die? Oh, yeah. oh my god! <laughs> but then eventually we watched the movie, and I had like my special pink chair set up in the hallway whenever it went to scary parts so like whenever it got scary i just dashed with my teddy bear into my pink chair and we just did like a dance <laughs> at one point we did so the, cute. when han died we did the disco i don't oh. remember this but good okay. you did not see you very interesting way to the cope movie. oh okay okay 
And so, so now, now, I, now that you heard that Daddy screwed up all of of showing you Star Wars, how do you feel about Star Wars now? It's like it's okay. What? <laughs> okay. Get out of here! Damn, people. <laughs> it's... There better be more to this. Yes, there is. There's a whole story. Okay, tell us, please. Like every time Daddy went. Every night since, well, a few nights ago, well, I've been grabbing one of my Star Wars Golden Books and telling Daddy to read it. But the funny thing is, I say, change the world words to silly words. <laughs> so, like, at one point, he's been... Recently, he's just been saying pickle. Is that what I say? Yes, I've heard pickle. you say pickle like three times in uh, the book. Okay. And now he's saying pickle, pickle in place of... Pickle is the main of... character, okay. apparently. Okay, so let's get back Let's get back to the conversation. Yeah. Um, so so you can see that she has lots of Star Wars stuff now, and, she's, and she enjoys it, especially with her daddy, true? Yes, even today, I was like, daddy was like... Hey, do you want to cuddle and watch a movie? And I was like, Rogue One, Rogue One, Rogue One. <laughs> yes, we love this enthusiasm. Yeah, she loved Rogue One. Um, yeah, that's one that, well, that's that is my favorite because <coughs> that was the first one I actually thought saw in the series. <coughs> yeah, and how we and we had to keep going over and over again, right? You wanted yeah. to go, we went. Yeah, the one time that I remember going is with Aunt Julie. Yeah, we had a good time seeing that one. Yeah, I remember getting her logged on to the Card Trader app. Oh, oh. Star Wars card wow, app. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, so okay, let me ask you a couple of questions, and then and then we'll let you get ready for bed. Um, okay. Um, so so you said Rogue One is your favorite. Yeah. Who's your favorite character? That is the hardest question you've ever asked me. Oh my god! It's like choosing than, your favorite child. Like. What is your favorite fruit? Okay. Or vegetable. What is your favorite vegetable? Because you know I hate all the vegetables. That's not true. You love vegetables, but go on. <laughs> the one vegetable it's I vegetable. enjoy is an onion. Oh, okay. Go, but go on. Answer the question. What do you think? Wow, we're uh, we have to think. You usually can answer this question easily. Is it That's just changing silence. in your head? <laughs> I'm just gonna do the first one that comes to mind, Ayla Sakura. That, today okay, is Ayla Sakura. Today is Ayla Sakura. Oh, about yes. this. Yes. She's a queen. My Star Wars girls book is Ayla Sakura. I would read it over and over again. So, so the ones that I've gotten from her when I've asked this question, we've gotten Padme sometimes. Mm-hmm. Princess Leia sometimes. Mm-hmm. Ray sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Jin. <laughs> yeah. You love Kira. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the main ones that I. That I, I said I like Sakura a couple times. You do like Ayla Sakura, yeah. Hey, the women of Star Wars are pretty, pretty freaking awesome. It's true, right? Yeah. Now, are you excited for um, Episode Nine? Yeah, but I'm kind of. It's kind of like suspenseful, cause like. We don't know if. Like, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> I, I stopped you because Rodney has not seen the trailer, so you can't say anything <laughs> about the trailer or nothing. <laughs> you can just say, it, just answer the question: Are you excited for the rise of Skywalker? 
first of all, you have to watch the trailer. It's amazing. No, so shh. This is so good. All right, let's, we got to move on from this topic. I'm just waiting for Rodney to start screeching. Uh, yes. And melt. <laughs> now, here's, here's the last question I'm going to ask you about. Okay. And the last question I'm going to ask you is, um, what is your favorite part about coming to Troops when you come to Troops with me? the smile on kids faces like being able to experience that as a little kid and now seeing it happen to other kids in real life it's just amazing and heartwarming it's just so so sweet are you crying no i'm not crying i'm trying not to laugh oh my god not a dry eye in the room you are too sweet that is amazing all right, I'm going to say goodnight to you and let you go to bed. I know you had a good time doing this. All right? Okay. I will, uh, I will see you, uh, tuck you in before Betty, okay? Let me, okay. Let me finish Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good night, <laughs> sweet baby. Bye, you guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, she's a trip. <laughs> she is such... How old is she, nine? She's... Yeah, she turned nine last week. Oh. Uh. She's like an old soul. She's so wise. I smell a, a spinoff podcast right there, just the two of you guys. She's just. <laughs> well, she's she really her into, own she, podcast at this. She's point. really into musical theater. If you couldn't tell, that's her thing. Um, of the Very things she funky. just said, I love it. right? Of the things she just said, I would say some of it was a performance. <laughs> oh. All the world's a yeah, stage. But this is, what are we doing here, guys? <laughs> right, right, We're performing. right. We're entertainment. Um, yeah, wait, now, Elena, have you met her before, by the way? Yeah, yeah, a couple times. Okay, I was just trying to remember um, because... Definitely at, like, the, our Rebel Legion dinner. Oh, that's right, that's right. And um, there was, like, one other time, I believe, but I can't remember. <laughs> I was thinking about that because we, we, off again and on again, hopefully maybe on again, we've been working on a fan film um, with Elena in it, and my daughter's oh, supposed yes. to play the young Elena, um, and I couldn't remember oh, yeah. whether you... Whether she uh, she had met you before, but uh, yeah, you, I definitely remember remember that. Um, you know, oh, just a, a couple things to wrap up this topic. Um, you know, so my only thing that I'll say about it is that um, I don't think there's any right way to go about this. Um, being as I just described how I it's screwed case it up. It's case by case, I think. Yes, and, and and as much as she said it was okay, she she lo- she actually loves it and enjoys it and. Uh, and it's part of actually her connection with me. Um, and so, uh, you know, um, she's got a lot of different interests and a lot of different things she is, she's into. Um, so it's not the same as it is for me and that it's her n- number one thing. But, uh, but it's but, something you can bond over, which is, I think, something that every Star Wars loving parent kind of wants. Yeah. And I, and I actually have, but, you know. Yeah, and actually, that that you know, I take her to troops when I can. Sometimes, sometimes she gets tired and exhausted because they're long. Um, but there are some good things from um, from bringing her. Um, one, she's got to experience um, the charity and helping out with us with that, um, which is which is awesome. As as a parent, you want your child to start to understand what that's about, whether it's through Star Wars or anything else. Um, and uh, and she's understood giving and giving back. Um, and, uh, and, and what she said while, um, maybe was her, uh, you know, her, her, 
putting, uh, you know, uh, what is interviewing for college type of answer to that question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, but she's she's recently said that to me that she does enjoy when people, you know, are happy for doing it. Um, So uh, it is a really great um, exposure for kids. This this volunteer work that we do, it's it's kind of a nice, um, fun way to practice a level of selflessness and bringing, you know, joy to other people without necessarily expecting anything in return. I think it's a really great way to sh- kind of have a little more hands-on experience with that than just kind of like lecturing it. Um which is something I because I became a member um of Rebel Legion at 19 and I knew that I like I, I'm so looking forward to be being a member for May, hopefully the rest of my life and that it's going to be a part of my life uh, for part of most of my life and that eventually I could share this amazing experience that I get to have with this community of people with like my future children and family and that's you know besides meeting so many great people the like the things that we do are just so amazing and I think it's a really great way to kind of it's even for me like at 19 it was kind of you know I could have been partying in college on the weekends and instead I wanted to be you know volunteering my time and I think it was kind of a nice um thing for me to be doing instead i don't even know how to put it into words but well um, as a father of a daughter i'm going to say yes absolutely mm-hmm. agreed, agreed. <laughs> yeah there you go here's my spiel <laughs> awesome awesome all right well let's uh let's turn now to our um movie topic um and this dun, one dun, dun. yeah this one <laughs> this one is a is an interesting one because i think if we go back maybe five years you aren't having this conversation definitely not in the same way um and uh, the the topic that we're really going to discuss is were the rebels terrorists and i think you know prior to specifically rogue one it was really easy to say um no uh, they were you know freedom fighters um but i think that um, in the newer canon, um, they've really explored uh, a little bit grayer area. Um, I remember, you know, in Lost Stars, they talk about, uh, well, they show the dichotomy between the two, and uh, and you get the Empire's perspective on everything through some characters who really, you know, they're part of the Empire. They're not evil. Um, some of them maybe have lost their way, um, but some of them are just hardworking people who are just working for the Empire. Um, and then and then in Rogue One, I think of Cassian and some of the stuff that he does. Uh, it, it gets a little ambiguous. I think it's 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 not a cut and dry answer. Um, but you know maybe you guys think the same or differently. Um, no, and- yeah, I think this is kind of why. Um- I initially pitched this idea for the topic because movies like Rogue One really shine a light on the grittier aspect of the rebellion and that, you know, you watch the original trilogy and you're automatically like rooting for the good guys or the good guys in the sense that it was the rebel the rebels and the bad guys are the is the Empire. But Rogue One you're kinda like, oh, you know, 
it's a little bit sketchier than you know they made it seem to be um and there's a question of like motive and morale uh, like morale um yeah, and, I, and, and i guess I, in rogue one it kind of goes comes down to i mean they have saw Guerrera and it's the who's an extremist know, that's like it, it, exactly and so fine. you know so you know maybe there is a terrorist act aspect to, to certainly to him and his tactics are very uh, they ever uh, dis, uh like explicitly define his methods as being like guerrilla warfare or was that something that like i thought in my head because uh, i def- i think that's kind of like what a lot of his tactics were like if the uh if you go back to the clone wars cartoon where they introduced, um, where they first introduced them, and Anakin are showing them guerrilla tactics to fight that's against. Right. The okay, droids. that's where so I got I it from. Yes. I could have, yeah. I, I could have sworn like I heard it somewhere, and I couldn't remember where where I, I. Yeah, you definitely see the seeds of that extremism early on in Sagarera, and uh, certain events happen that um, I would say make him a little bit more emotional in his decisions um which might have kind of kick-started the uh craziness <laughs> <laughs> he's a little crazy let's be honest he's a little wacky Bull got yeah. it. <laughs> that's funny because i still to this day have no idea what the heck that thing is and i'm sure they touched on it in like the dr afro comic at some point because i remember that was on the cover but like what the heck is that thing <laughs> Yeah, I'm still not 100% sure what that thing was, uh, or is, or even does. It's not 100%. Bogolet knows. <laughs> yes. That, <laughs> that was a, when, when Romo and I watched it today, that was exactly how we were responding. Oh my god, you guys watched Rogue One today? Cute. Yeah, yes. Yes, we did. Yes. Just, Love it. Living for it. She's so cute. I can't. I can't get over it. Can we have her on the podcast all the time? <laughs> <laughs> she would. She was so excited, and I was like, well, I have to ask everybody if it's okay, and... Rodney, um, nope. And then, and then Rodney, <laughs> and Rod, well, okay, we need to fill everybody in. I was in. crying. Yes, I was. I had asked if we could have Roma on the podcast, and uh, and you Elena said, said would, any, would you guys mind? And that's I think... true. Did I say it that way? I thought I said, "Is it okay?" I don't know. Maybe maybe I read it wrong, but it sounded like Rodney was not having it. That's how <laughs> and I, I read it. Rodney, nope. I read it quickly, and I thought it was exactly as Elena said. Does anybody have any problem with this? I said, nope. <laughs> but then I see the reply back. You you don't want it? No no no. It's not that. Please. It's I had no problem with it. And just flat out saying you don't have to ask anymore. She's got an open seat and an open microphone here. Please, whenever she wants to come in, let her come in. I, I don't know how I feel about that, but we'll see. We'll see. But uh, but anyways. Um. So so uh. Back back to you, Elena. Do you do you feel the rebels were terrorist or you know where how close do you get to calling them terrorists in in things that you think about? Um so initially I never would have really even considered that um a concept. Uh somebody uh had brought it up in a debate at at some point and they actually had some really good points. Points that I kind of can't remember now but um you look at things like even just the basic concept of like two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah. Um, you know, Tarkin blows up two million people on Alderaan for really no reason except <laughs> to make a statement. It's a little bit much. It's genocide. 
Um, but then, I don't know if they've ever really, like, said how many people were on the Death Star, but they go and blow up the Death Star, which is, again, yeah, there were a bunch of people on there, but also they were destroying a weapon of mass destruction. So maybe this trade-off of maybe we're killing, I'm just saying a random number, let's say there were like 200,000 people on the Death Star, whether they were uh, officers or maintenance workers, probably some of which you were saying before, There's there were essentially innocent people in the Empire trying to just make their way in the galaxy um, who probably didn't deserve to die. But well, that, that's the that's the clerks discussion, right? In clerks, where they're have you seen clerks? <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I did, but like so long ago, and I don't remember this. You don't remember? Oh, it's one of the big conversations. I, I know, I know, there. actually know some of the people in the movie. Uh, Chewie's Gum Guy is a good friend of my dad, actually. Oh, <laughs> but oh. <laughs> um, I remember I saw this movie at a festival, and I was way too young to be watching it. But oh. um, <laughs> when it came out, were you even born? Uh, no, I don't think so. But no, I'm gonna say no. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. No. But but any um, but anyways, they have the whole conversation about um, whether the uh, the rebels were justified. I believe that's in blowing in this up, blowing up the second Death Star because the one of the guys is making the argument that there were uh, all these workers on there um, that were innocent, and they blew up all these innocent people. Um, and then and then well, you know, you can watch the movie to get the, that their version of the argument, but. Um, I don't even remember this. Oh my gosh, I gotta yeah, do now research. Now you gotta rewatch re Clerks. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean it it, it, it you know it, what does it take you know if you're fighting for freedom but you're gonna kill all these innocent people, is is that worth it? Um, and um, that's what I'm saying. Like yes, what they did was maybe not morally right. I mean, no one sh is should be justified in taking another life. That's just like my personal like even going as far as to go outside of the box and talk about like capital punishment where you know there are people you watch like shows like forensic files where people are like they got what they deserved blah 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 blah. but it's like there's somebody who still has to flip that switch there's somebody who has to take that life and it's it's it, what does that do to that person and then uh what it does to them psychologically and then if you look at the morality of it too it's 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 a very very uh, you can go on forever talking about it. I guess. Um, but, I guess in this case, the only difference I would make was: did they really have a choice? Exactly. So that's why, going back to that, yes, what they did was maybe not morally very good, but it's kind of this utilitarianism uh, mindset where, you know, this is in the long run less people are going to die because they destroyed this weapon of mass destruction, and uh, there's not going to be any more. Uh, planet-wide genocide like Alderaan um, so I would say that what they did was not necessarily t in that aspect like blowing up the Death Star was not terrorism okay where do you where do you lie Rodney um, again it's one of those like it depends on your point of view like Kenobi says um, I would I, I would say they're not terrorists because they were not trying to instill fear. They were not trying to terrorize. They were not trying to um, stop the average person's way of life. Now, were they fighting the, the evil machine that was the local government? Yes. Does that make them a terrorist? I don't think so. Because there was no rebel propaganda of join us or die. They didn't force people into their service. 
they did they they tried to protect those that were being affected by the uh, imperial system even if those people being affected did not want to join their cause they would still fight for their right to live a non-involved life so i wouldn't classify what they what they were as terrorism they were absolutely rebels they were definitely fighting against an established system that um from the from the, the from our point of view was not healthy or conducive to a, a smooth life um for those that argue about the the lives on the death star uh, that could be argued both ways there is such a thing as guilt by association <laughs> and there's mm-hmm. definitely something to be said about those but then that, again too like you said there were some people who kind of had no choice than well, to, but be, did they to, because to work for the got, empire you got wedge antilles he left you got solo he left you got the uh the young lady from battlefront like these are stories of people who were in the empire and they defected wait are you talking about Aiden? yes the young lady. Oh, young lady, you're so cute. <laughs> Back in Sweet my young day, lady. that's what we called the you. The freaking leader of Inferno Squad. Yes, yes. Sweet young lady. Her, but she started <laughs> off as an Imperial, and she made a choice. She made a choice not to be a part of it anymore. I mean, you also have to remember that a lot of these characters, they have this hero aspect to them where they've got uh, this, some kind of drive in their life. There's some, you know, they, they sense this greater purpose where there's just some people who are just average joes that they're just trying to survive they're not like chasing some dream you know you know what i'm trying to say like and you see that i think in in rebels i remember uh, maybe not rebels um i think it was in some of the books that i've read where you kind of get a little bit of an insight of uh life um working for the empire or like where it didn't seem so bad because Although, for the most part, we can agree that the Empire wasn't exactly the best thing, but, like, there was a sense of order, uh, I think, on certain planets where it where the system worked. It I just... think we're also talking about the, the difference between the leadership versus the common soldier, right? So, obviously, mm-hmm. Palpatine, bad. And Vader, and Tarkin, and... Krennic, all the and all these, characters, <laughs> and, right? All, all these, all these guys were well, and I do think that that was partially where how the costumes were designed, so that you know, you know, having kids in mind, if the person didn't have a face and they're shooting all these stormtroopers, no, you know, my daughter was just talking about Han Solo dying and crying, mm-hmm. um, you know, but this but nobody really, nobody even shot. thinks about the stormtrooper, you know what I mean? The I mean, they're just pawns essentially. But but they're they're they, okay, I'm going to argue this side but there are people who are still making a choice to do it and i point out finn he was a stormtrooper he was right there about to pull the trigger or told to toward, uh, told to pull the trigger and he chose not to so what if that whole squad said no those people would may not have died you know there yeah. there's there's some there's i'm going to argue it on this side there's an argument for accountability for every stormtrooper some people are like gun ho like yeah let's go do it you know we're fighting for the empire where they but it's also it's also just human nature i think for the most part most people are sheep let's be honest we kind of go with you go with the herd like whatever the herd's doing that's kind of just like okay i'll do that too and that's why i'm saying that there, this hero aspect that you see in the people who defected or or were in the empire or were part of the empire and then left they there was a little more to them there was a little more substance they were thinking beyond that sheep 
mentality, that herd yeah, mentality. You they're know, they're written to stand out. I mean, written, but also yeah. I think there are people who are like that too. True, and there are also you know? people that because there are some people who, in life, just kind of live ordinary lives and. Like they, they don't really do much with themselves. And then there's some people who, this is super cheesy to say, but are destined for greatness because they have this gusto, this, this you know, drive to do more than average. And I think that's what makes the characters what they are, heroes, whatever. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying, uh, but my personal philosophy is... That's not to, that's not to, to say that... that the stormtrooper every other stormtrooper is not accountable for what they do it's just that like they don't think about that essentially they're just yeah, yeah. brainwashed then, from a young age to serve the empire and this is what's right this is just what yeah what they've been conditioned to from birth and i mean to touch on Saul Guerrero, um i haven't seen i haven't seen uh extreme behavior from him yet now I know he's coming out in the new game, which I hope that they flesh him out a bit more. But Wait, really? Yeah, he's he's Ugh. he's he's in the trailer of the one the one I trailer I did watch. Know that he's in there. Oh, spoiler, sorry. But um, no, it's okay. It's okay. So like I haven't seen extreme behavior from him yet. I know some people may point to the clone no the rebels uh, the rebels episode that he pops up and he's like harassing I, the Geonosian. They never, yeah, they never really show it, but they talk about it. Yeah, like but, the things he's done. But that's relying on their int- their level of uncomfortability. But also, but also you kind of see it a little bit on uh, what is it on Jeddah? Uh, when they're in the city. When his like, group, his group, anyways, that's his group. Right? His, his his goons like yeah, attack they the tank. They they yeah, but they were stealing. They they were like. Um, like a guerrilla tactic that they showed him in Clone Wars, they were taking back the Kyber for their mm-hmm. own use. I mean, I guess, yeah, now that you bring it up, for the most part, a lot of what people would classify as his extremist behavior was really... Survival. Sort of... Well, no, also, but it's all just survival. kind of like uh, somebody was ta- talking about, about it. You don't necessarily see it firsthand. And I think it was... Um... It, it was brought. It's brought up during Rogue One because He's still a little crazy though. I mean, let's be honest. Borgullet. Well, you don't know what's inside <laughs> that tank, he man. Cray, cray. You know, if he you cray, ever cray. see Blue Velvet, you, you'll get the reference. The um, <laughs> I, I think what what made the rebellion label him as an extremist is he was more about let's do this. Whereas even in Rogue One, they didn't oh, want to get like, involved. He didn't like to follow any leadership while the yeah. Rebel Alliance at that point had some level of leadership. And they, they seemed to not want to get, they didn't want to get into it. They didn't want, they didn't want to get dirty until Scarif. That's the first mm-hmm. like, go ahead. Yeah, well, he was more like an an ends justify the means type of guy. Yeah, and I think the, I and I think the rebellion was trying not to be, although there were, you know, I mean, you think about Cassian and uh, who was the guy? I don't remember what the name of the character who he was reporting to, who wanted him to kill uh, Galen Erso, mm-hmm. but um, but they're kind of like they were not following orders and doing sort of their own thing, um, but the rebellion in general was trying to make it still work. Um, and and um, try to have sort of they were a, trying to have some of sense a, of policy. And I think that they were still relying on the Senate to like we can negotiate this, we can talk it out, we can not yeah, have to fight yeah, over yeah. it. Whereas 
I, I, I'll put it to you so like this. So I was like, nah. <laughs> if you compare compare Batman to the Punisher, Batman never kills. He just locks his people up and they get out and the comic books keep growing and you keep having movies. Whereas the Punisher puts a bullet in his head and the problem stops. <laughs> so now, <laughs> yeah. is the Punisher extreme to some people? But to some other people, he's ending the conflict. He's not allowing it. He's not allowing the, the fire to reignite itself. And this is something that I've actually again. debated with someone that although his method works, it's unorthodox in the sense that he's taking an easy route with dealing with the problem. Mm, I don't know if it's easy or not, but he's taking an absolute route. He's already. He's at like. He's accepted that he's at this point of no return with his like morality where he's taken so many lives and in the way he takes them that like he's like i'm i'm taking one for the team and that like this is my mission in life and in a way it's kind of the easy way because you look at somebody like matt murdoch who wants to use law to bring justice um and but as a lawyer, oh wait, we're keeps, still ta- we're talking about Punisher. I got lost on this one. We're talking about <laughs> sorry, Punisher. Sorry, sorry. This is and then t- we, our jumped, tangent, we jumped but... from DC to Marvel. I mean, I'm sorry. guys, I- I'm on, just basically just... <laughs> I'm basically just pointing out what some people call extreme may not be extreme to everyone, and I wouldn't consider the rebels to be terrorists because they're not trying to terrorize. That's my spiel. Gotcha. Yeah, no, this yeah, is I, like, I, this is like any ethical philosophical conversation there is no this definitive right or wrong answer it's no. all up to interpretation it's all well, true it's i mean it's war and uh you know so there's always, is nasty always nasty mm-hmm. right but i think nasty. i think up until the newer movies you you didn't see the the members of the rebellion um in a gray area okay Right. I mean, I can't think of anything from the original trilogy, really, that said, you know. Yeah, I think it's because the original trilogy movie focuses on the point of view from the rebellion. You have Rogue One, which is heavily centered inside the Empire. So you see it from the the total opposite of what you've been used to. True. I mean, maybe you could maybe you could argue Lando initially is sort of in a gray area where he'll cover, you know, cover his butt before he'll. uh, Yeah. Before he'll help out his friends. But. <laughs> and he's just um, trying to stay off the radar and not get involved in the fight. Yeah, I think I, I do. I think that's a slightly different different situation where yeah. he's just he know he knows what the empire is, and he's more he's just too afraid of what the empire is, um, you know. And 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 they kind of you know they judge him harshly or not. I mean, you know, if if I'm Han, I'm pretty pissed at him. But if you look at it objectively. Yeah, Maybe if you, if you should, live you know. in Cloud City, you're not too mad at him selling out solo. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you want to make sure that you keep your ice cream machines, uh, you know, where they need to be and Save not have to run cream. out of the... Save the dream. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'll, here's what I'll say um, as we start to wrap up our time. What I think, uh, and I think, I, I don't think I really changed the way I felt about this from when we started... I don't really see them as terrorists. I think uh, I think that when you're in horrible situations, um, and, you know, sometimes you you have to fight your way out of them. Um, even though I'm, you know, not really, you know, that type of guy. I think um, it, it was that extreme, um, you know. And you could think you could think maybe about the uh, the American Revolution. Um, although I think that that uh, we take uh, the English over Palpatine any day, 
Um, you know, I think that this was such an extreme situation where there was so much oppression, um, and they've, you know, and they've brought in a lot, especially in, well, in the old, in the legends and in the new canon, about how much slavery was a part of the galaxy and all these just awful atrocities that you just can't stand for. Um, that uh, that they really, you know, while some of them maybe got off track a little bit, they really had no choice um, but to to really fight um, this fight um, and try to to make the galaxy to get to the point where the galaxy could be free again um, and where people could live, you know, in less fear and have opportunities um, that that were just not possible at all under the empire. Um, but you know that's that. I guess that's that's where I'm. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand pat with that and say that's the way I feel. Um, well. Thank Very thanks well. guys. <laughs> <laughs> thanks guys. I appreciate it once again. Uh, always love having the conversations with you guys. Miss Albert a little bit. Um, you know, hopefully he's feeling better. Um, but uh, but it, it was. I would have good... been very curious to hear his take on this, but yeah. yeah I, well, the first I was interested. Yeah, <laughs> definitely from a clone point of view. It's a clone. Maybe we'll he have an add-on. <laughs> we'll just add an add-on. We'll be like uh, episode eight point one or Here's whatever. Here's an extension. <laughs> and then, and it'll just be Roma interviewing Albert. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would totally listen to that. I just subscribed to that podcast. All of, it's amazing. <laughs> um, Subscribe. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, let's go around and say where people can find you. Elena, why don't you go first? You can find me on Instagram. Uh, it's at Elena underscore strikes and the links to all my other social media is in my bio. And Rodney, how about you? On Instagram, I am Lord underscore dread, D-R-E-A-D. And uh, you can find me You can find me on Instagram or Twitter at BMTN1111. One day I'll explain what that means, but today is not that One day. One day. <laughs> but we today is have... not that day. No, it's not today. I just don't feel like it. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> We do have our own social media at this point that's up and running. Yeah. Um, plug, plug, plug. Yes, we have our, our Facebook page, which um, probably a lot of you found us through. Um, uh, and what did, what did we decide on for the other ones? I can't remember, Rodney. What did we pick for that one? I believe it's uh, it, on Instagram. It's Will's Podcast, I believe. Yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe I, I brought this up without actually knowing what it is. Our Instagram is Will's Podcast. One all lowercase one word, no spaces. And um Facebook page is Voice of the Wills, a Star Wars podcast. So be sure to follow, like both pages to keep up with updates. There you go. Awesome. Thanks, guys. We'll uh, talk to you next time.